Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. WBSM presents The Tim Meisberg Show. Streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Call 508-996-0500. Send us app chat messages and open line voicemails using the WBSM app. Now, The Tim Meisberg Show. Welcome back. Hour number two of the program here on Friday morning, the first day of March. Marching towards spring. Just a few weeks away, it'll officially be spring. Just a few weeks away, it'll be St. Patrick's Day. It'll be the New Bedford Half Marathon, which is kind of the unofficial start of spring here in New Bedford. Are you going to be running the marathon, the half marathon? Are you going to be out there? You're probably not out there. Looking to run 13 miles today, you're looking to drive. And if you're driving in this chilly weather and you need gas, stop on by Gas Express in New Bedford today because they are having a Black Friday in March sale. Today only, you can get gas at Gas Express in New Bedford, $2.79 a gallon. And I was searching for some of the gas prices around the area. You can check them all out online. Gas Buddy, AAA, all those, they update the gas prices, and we're looking at three bucks, three ten in some of these places. So two seventy nine, you're really saving quite a bit. So stop on by Gas Express this morning. And you can not only get two seventy nine a gallon gas, but you can also, when you get your crispy crunchy chicken, get a free sixteen ounce Coca-Cola product with every chicken meal and two bottles with every family meal. So there you go. What a deal. Check it out. Gas Express in New Bedford, the corner of Tarkin Hill Road and Belleville Avenue in New Bedford. I I was talking with Colleen in the last hour saying maybe I'll get a roast beef sandwich, but uh, maybe I should get some crispy, crunchy chicken today. You know, because you know what I like is that that new Coca-Cola spiced is actually pretty good. I got, when I went to crispy, crunchy chicken and got my chicken last week, they had it there at Gas Express and it was two bottles for $4, whatever the deal was. And so I grabbed a regular Coca-Cola spiced and a Coca-Cola Zero Sugar spiced. And I tried the regular one because, you know, you've, you've got to try both, even though I'm drinking just Coke Zero all the time. So I tried that one, and it was pretty good. I haven't tried the Zero yet. It's still in my fridge, so maybe I'll crack that open this weekend. I haven't had, I haven't had a Coke all week. Just been drinking water. See? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I becoming? So 508-996-0500. We were talking in the last hour about the Dighton police search, the the search for a police chief rather in Dighton, and the fact that the board, the group, the three people that selected 
Fairhaven Police Sergeant Tim Souza as the finalist has now reversed course and said, you know what, we are going to make Acting Chief George Nichols the chief after hearing from the, from the people of the town, from our voters, from our residents, from the people who are going to be directly affected by who is their police chief. And, uh, and Sergeant Souza has withdrawn his name from consideration as a result. So it, it really played out the way that you would hope municipal government plays out, that you have voted for and entrusted these folks to make a decision, but that decision is something that the town and mass did not support. They came out and were vocal about it. And so those elected officials said, okay, well, we'll listen to you. And they reversed course on it. And, and you know, as I said, it's a, it's an all's, all's well that ends well situation for everybody except Sergeant Souza, who thought he was getting a new job and was probably very excited about that new position. But here we have a, a, a story at WBSM.com and on the app where, you know, here's his chance to, you know, he could... He could have been upset about this, but not. instead he took the high road and he said, you know, thank you for considering me and I, I hope Chief Nichols has, you know, all the best to him and, you know, I don't want to be a divisive figure in this search, so I'm going to withdraw my name. It was a classy move and, and it just seemed to work out all the way around, but how did it work out? Because people spoke up. Because people didn't like what they saw and they spoke up. The police union spoke up. One of the selectmen spoke up. But most importantly, in that meeting on Wednesday night, the people spoke up. And that's part of the reason why when you heard Senator Montigny on with Chris talking about the bidders for the state peer redevelopment, why he was saying he wanted to have any bidders come on the radio to explain their proposal and be questioned by Chris and by the audience. Because it's listening to people. And this is a medium that helps with that for sure. But it's also not the only way to hear from the people. In fact, I would say, you know, you never want to make a decision on something based just on what you're hearing on the radio. Because there are a lot of people who are passionate about these topics that would never call into a radio station. They might stand up at a, at a public hearing at a public meeting and say something, but they're just not comfortable for whatever reason calling into the radio station. But you can get an idea. You can get your finger on the pulse. Because I would say, for the most part, we get people's raw, unfiltered opinions about things. And whether or not we all agree with what people say. We certainly get the passion from them as well. And the people of Dighton were passionate about wanting to ensure that George Nichols was their police chief. Now, again, as I said, I don't know what all the ins and outs were of why he didn't get a second interview, of why they didn't interview other people who were interested, why he felt that the job was his and he was strung along. I, I don't I don't know all those ins and outs. But the, the bottom line is it looks like things are going to be made right for him and for the people of Dighton. So 
that's all that you can ask for. If if you have elected officials who just do what they want and don't take the will of the people into a, into their mind when they're making those decisions, and maybe they don't worry about it because, hey, I live in Dighton. It's a small town. Maybe there's not going to be anybody that's going to challenge me for the seat so I can do what I think is best and not have to listen to the voters because they're just going to reelect me anyway. Maybe that's the mindset that they could have, but in this case, they did not. Plus, if you just had your police chief, your former police chief, resign in scandal, you probably want to keep everything as calm and as status quo as possible. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Hey, good. The race is this weekend. I'm sorry? The uh, the half marathon is this weekend. It's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's a couple of weeks off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I ran that back in 1980. I think it was 82 or 83. I can't remember now. Probably 82, but I I only had about two months to uh, to uh, practice for it and started running. I quit smoking one day, and I just said, that's it. And I started running almost every night. And as I only... In that two months, I only got as far as about seven miles, as far as I got. And when I got into that race, I my first seven miles, I did I did really great. I did about a average between. Uh, well, I first started off at about a six and a half minute mile, about six minutes and ten seconds a mile. And then by the time I got to the like Rodney French Boulevard, that was about as far as I'd ever run before, and that was about a six minute and thirty seconds a mile. But once I rounded that corner onto Rodney French, I hit this headwind. And people with walkers were passing me by. I mean, it just slowed me right. That was the wall for me. And plus the wind, I had, you know, really never trained into the wind like that at all. And uh, I just slowed right down and barely made it around the fort. And nobody realizes how steep County Street is until you have to run up it. Yeah. And it's really a long, it's a long drawn out run. And uh, then you get to the top of Union Street where people are cheering you back on again and think you're rocky once again. And uh, you run down Union Street to the finish line. But, man, I'll tell you, I was I was out of it after that. I it, it take it took a lot out of me. There's no doubt about it. And I was uh, I won't be doing that again. <laughs> I never did either. Well, yeah. see, you know, driving around and I drove the before the first time that I covered the race for the paper, I drove the route so that I would have an idea of like what to keep an eye on while I was uh, while I was because so I was not only writing an article about it, I was also live tweeting what was going on. So I wanted to kind of have a layout and an idea. And as I was driving it, you know, I wasn't really paying too much attention to it. And then when I'm sitting on the back of the men's truck and watching the runners, that's when you start to realize like, wow, there really is a lot of inclines and, and uh, a lot of um, challenges on, on this course. No wonder so many runners come and use it as a training ground for Boston. I, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you uh, you halfway road, um, which which I found pretty easy because it was in the earlier part of the course, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's a very steep hill, and uh, it but but it wasn't bad. It, it because it's like in the first three miles probably, you know. So that wasn't too bad at all. But the fort really, I'll tell you, the fort and then County Street, boy, it, they definitely took the toll on me, you know. And uh, but I but I managed to pull it off, and, and I was happy just to do that. But uh, a, a couple of years after that, there was a guy from Ireland who was going to be the predicted winner, 
and he was about five foot two or three. He was really a short guy. And, uh, I, and I went to the top of the street where my mother lives to watch the race go by, which is, which is Sawyer street and Rockdale Avenue. It's the upper half of Sawyer street. It's not connected to the lower half, mm-hmm. but it's, it's only a block long. And when this guy ran by, there was a, he had a motorcycle cop escort and that cop was on the motorcycle. It was just about stretched out in second gear to keep up to this guy running. It was phenomenal to see people that fast. When people run a marathon in two hours, yeah, those people are flying the whole time. It's, it's just amazing that that speed that they're doing it at, that high, to keep it up for two hours is just amazing. And, and they make it look so effortless. Like if, if they look like they're barely breaking a sweat when they're doing it. It's like they're floating. It just really is incredible, you know. And uh, and that's that's uh, that takes its, eventually it does take its toll on his body. You know, you can only do that for so many years. But there are people that run these races into their late fifties and sixties easily. You oh know? yeah. And there was a lady who ran the Boston Marathon about five years ago. I think she was in her late sixties, but she looked like she was in her forties. You know, and um, man, it was incredible. And you, your joints definitely take a pounding after a while. But it's all about genetics, too, as well. Some people can take that for a lot longer, and it doesn't affect them like it does most people. You know? But uh, it's great cardio. There's no doubt about it. And if you can do it, it's definitely a good exercise, form of exercise for the rest of your life, too. Absolutely. All right. All right keep up the good work, man. Take you care. You have a great weekend. And if you are somebody who has never seen the half marathon in person, so you can go and line up at all these different places along the race route and cheer people on, and you just got to get out there early because they close the streets down ahead of the race. But you can go out there and find a spot where you can cheer people on, but you don't really get a sense of what that race is all about when you're just seeing people pass by one particular area. You know, watch the cable access broadcast of the race where they've got the camera trained on on the leaders the whole time. And you can see how impressive it really is that they're running this course like, you know, and I don't mean to to make light of the course at all, but they they make it look like it's nothing. Like, oh, okay, yeah, big halfway hill. Okay, that's great. Yep, all right, going around the peninsula, no problem. Like, it's just, that would break me <laughs> as a walker, let alone as somebody trying to run and, and also trying to compete against other people. But what's really interesting, and, and it's something that you don't realize if you're not someone who is kind of, inve- you know, if you're a casual observer of, of, of a road race, you don't realize that a lot of these folks are on the same teams. Like they, they're all part of a, a track club or a running club. So they might be on the same teams, or if they're not on the same teams, they're at least familiar with each other because they run against each other in various different races, or they might train with each other for different races. So they're all familiar with each other. So even though they're competing against each other, they're also cheering each other on. There was one year that I I can't remember who it was, but I remember the day was, and I can't tell you what year it was, but it was not a rainy day it was a brisk breezy but sunny day and there was a guy that was leading the pack and another guy comes up on the outside to pass him and then if i was the guy that's getting passed you know my first instinct would be like damn 
And I probably would say a word that's more forceful than that that I can't say on the radio. But the guy who got passed was like, oh, you know, great work, whoever the other guy was. Like cheering him on after he had just gotten passed. Now the guy that had gotten passed ended up going back and taking the lead. But still, it was you see that kind of camaraderie. You see that kind of wanting each other to succeed. And I think that's what makes it such a great event. And it, you know, leads into a, a whole day of fun and festivities in the downtown area too. But you don't have to go downtown to watch the race. In fact, I would say unless you care about who crosses the finish line, it's probably better to go watch the race somewhere else because it's less crowded and you can set up your lawn chair and sit down and relax and watch it, cheer everybody on. It's really a fun event. You will not see me running it, though, but it is a fun event. All right, I do have to take a break, 508-996-0500, or use app chat or open line voicemail on the WBSM app. We will be right back. can't hear it not be in a good mood after hearing it. It's like that and Jay Giles Band's Freeze Frame. Those two songs, they always get me in, in a good mood just hearing them start off. Maybe I'll play Freeze Frame after the news. But uh, 508-996-0500, that is the number to call in and get involved in the discussion. We are going to be talking with Ben Burke of the Public Radio, the Public's Radio in Rhode Island about gentrification in New Bedford. That'll be coming up after the 8 o'clock news. And, uh, of course, we'll take your calls. Again, 508-996-0500, as well as your app chat messages and your open line voicemails. Uh, of course, the WBSM app is the easiest way to get a hold of us. You can call us right through the app. You can leave those app chat messages, leave those voicemails, hear our podcasts, hear the stream wherever you are. So if you're heading out this weekend and going out of town, you can always hear everything happening on WBSM with the WBSM app, as well as getting breaking news alerts, all of our big stories of the day. You get live traffic and weather information, contests, all kinds of special features, and it's all free. It's brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing, and it's available to you on your app store. And don't forget, too, you can also put WBSM on your smart speaker. Whether you use Alexa or Google Home or any of those smart speaker devices, you just enable the WBSM skill and tell your smart speaker to play us, and you'll be able to listen to us on that as well. We are everywhere. You can't escape us. But we'll get back to the talk in just a few moments. Right now, though, it's time to get an update on all the headlines of the day with Phil Devitt in the WBSM newsroom.
President Biden invites Donald Trump to work with him on the border. An attack in Gaza kills at least 100. And what Chick-fil-A wants you to throw away. From the WBSM Newsroom, this is WBSM News. President Biden is inviting former President Trump to join him in telling Congress to pass the border bill that Trump rallied his allies against earlier in February. Mark Mayfield with more. The two made visits to the southern border on Thursday as the issue of immigration heats up across both parties. During a briefing in Brownsville, Texas, Biden said that the bipartisan bill is the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill ever seen, saying the time to play politics with the issue is done. Biden went on to call for lawmakers to set politics aside urging House Speaker Mike Johnson to send the bill to the floor. I'm Mark Mayfield. At least 100 people are dead after an Israeli attack on a crowd of Palestinians waiting for aid in Gaza City. That's according to a spokesperson for Gaza Health Ministry. The Israeli military said it was reviewing what happened on Thursday, with one Israeli official saying IDF troops responded with live fire after trucks carrying humanitarian aid were surrounded by people. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny will be laid to rest today. Funeral services will be open to the public, but some have warned that mourners who attend may face a risk. Following Navalny's death at a Russian prison weeks ago, hundreds of people were detained across the country for simply attending one of his memorials. A bill that expands Louisiana's options for methods of execution is on its way to the governor's desk. The state's legislature on Thursday passed the bill authorizing the state to administer capital punishment through lethal injections. The gas chamber and the electric chair. Supporters say the U.S. Supreme Court has approved all three methods. Several faith leaders are calling the methods inhumane. Those who keep unused sauces from Chick-fil-A might want to throw some of their stash out. The company is telling customers to trash any Polynesian dipping sauces taken home between the 14th and the 27th of February because of allergy concerns. According to a notice on Chick-fil-A's website, a different sauce that has wheat and soy allergens might be in the Polynesian dipping cups. And it's increasingly looking unlikely that HBO Discovery's Coyote vs. Acme will ever see the light of day. The film's lead, SNL alum Will Forte, took to X with his thoughts on the film. He started by saying it looks like no one will ever see it. He described the movie as incredible and shared his frustrations with the studio's decision not to release it. WBSM Sports. Brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins snapped their losing streak with a 5-4 win over the Vegas Golden Knights at TD Garden. They visit the New York Islanders tomorrow night. The Red Sox in spring training in Florida, playing the Minnesota Twins this afternoon. And the Celtics hoping to extend their winning streak to 10 games when they host the Dallas Mavericks tonight at TD Garden. Now your ABC6 South Coast forecast. Good to be with you, everybody, on this Friday morning under mostly sunny skies. It is cold. Bundle up. The temperature in the mid-20s. Wind chill values this morning in the teens. The wind, fortunately, has subsided. So it is pretty calm this afternoon. Sunny, upper 30s. Overnight tonight, a little bit of cloud cover, mid-30s. As we head into this Saturday, we're expecting showers to develop as we head into the afternoon with temperatures flirting with 50. From the UBC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's New Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
Now, people who know me probably think I'm going to share some story about Beetlejuice 2 or something. No, but I am looking forward to Beetlejuice 2. But I'm playing this because I I saw an interesting fact pop up during the news. Um, I was taking a look over at my computer and scrolling through social media. And I saw a post that I said, this can't be true. Is it true? On this date in 1957, there were four different versions of that song on the charts all at the same time. People complain about how movies and TV shows are just remakes and reboots. There's no original ideas. Do you forget that in the 1950s, you would have multiple versions of the same songs on the charts at the same time? And part of it was because the country was still vastly segregated, if not by law, at least by mindset. And part of that was music. So if a black artist had a hit song, there would always be a white artist that would cover it. For every Little Richard singing Tutti Frutti, there was a Pat Boone singing Tutti Frutti. Because a great song is a great song, but the record companies felt like they had to find somebody that it was more palatable for certain parts of the audience to hear them performing those songs. But four different versions of the Banana Boat song? So on this date in 1957, the highest charting of the Banana Boat songs was certainly the most well-known and beloved version, that one being the one I just played, Harry Belafonte. He had the number five spot with that song. But right underneath him at number six was the Tarriers. See, Harry Belafonte's song is Banana Boat, and then in parentheses, Deo. And then the Tarriers had right underneath him the Banana Boat song. And then... Those are the first two. You get down to number 27, you've got the Banana Boat song by the Fontaine Sisters. And then just a couple spots down the charts at number 31, the Banana Boat song by Steve Lawrence. And I believe Edie Gourmet was on that too. So, I mean, come on. Four different versions of the same song. And sure, I guess part of that is you know, records were a lot of the times released regionally. But these are national acts. I think you just had everybody jumping onto a good song. Nowadays, they would never do that, right? Nowadays, you wouldn't want to step on one version or another. In fact... Sometimes people say if a song has been remade 20 years later, they say, oh, it's too soon because that music stays in the zeitgeist for so long. But four different versions of the Banana Boat song on the charts on this date in 1957. So I don't want to hear anybody else complain when 
you know, there's this ad going, uh, this uh, post going around about how they're remaking the Naked Gun with Liam Neeson in the Frank Drebin role that was popularized by the great Leslie Nielsen. Oh, Hollywood can't come up with any original ideas. Okay, all of you folks that are saying that grew up at a time when there were four different versions of the Banana Boat song on the radio. So I, 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 I don't love remakes and reboots, but sometimes they're pretty good. Sometimes they're interesting. I certainly prefer when it's a continuation of as opposed to a reimagining of. There's a new version of uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead coming to theaters, which is anybody that grew up having HBO as a kid, you saw that movie a hundred times. And you still quote it to this day. You don't even realize you're quoting it when you quote it. That's how much it's worked its way into your brain. Every time I do the dishes, every time I do the dishes, when I'm finished, I say, the dishes are done, man, out loud. And I live alone. There's nobody I'm saying that for. Every time somebody asks me to do something, right on top of that rose, people don't even know where that reference comes from anymore, but they say it. But yet that movie is getting remade. I mean, Dune is going to be the biggest movie to open this weekend. Technically, it's a reboot because there was the David Lynch Dune, although people who were Dune fans were never satisfied with that David Lynch version anyway. So this is more the version that they wanted. But the upcoming movie slate has a bunch of things that are reboots. There's, there's a movie coming out called The First Omen, which brings you back to the you know story before Damien and The Omen. Which, by the way, if you're looking for a really bonkers movie to watch, most people have seen Omen, The Omen. Some folks have seen The Omen 2. Very few people have seen Omen, The Final Conflict, in which Sam Neill plays a, an older Damien who becomes the president of the United States. Just insane. You can watch it like on Tubi for free. I'm not saying it's a good movie. But it'll just, you'll say, I I didn't know this existed and I didn't even know that I needed to know that it existed. But reboots, remakes, I get it. When people say, well, can't they come up with original ideas? Well, they could, but if they came up with original ideas, you might be less likely to see it than seeing how they would do a take on something that you're familiar with. Everybody is up in arms about the Crow remake the Crow reboot, whatever you want to call it, that um, Bill uh, Skarsgård there is going to be the the new Eric Draven. And the photos came out and everybody was, oh my God, I can't believe the uh, emo Crow and all this. Stuff. Listen, sometimes stories can be made for new generations. But I like when it's a, more of a continuation, like what they're doing with Quantum Leap. I think the new Quantum Leap is cheesy a lot of the time. I think it's predictable a lot of the times. But at least it's a continuation of the story and it's not a reimagining of a story from the original show, which is my favorite 
show of all time. So 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Good. So I just wanted to give you the update. The realtor says there's really nothing available. Yeah, that's so pretty much the the market, the housing market everywhere these days. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe by the end of summer or something. But she's going to still, you know, keep in touch with me. So I guess I'll just be doing a lot of driving back and forth. I, um, wish, I, I wish I had known because I had a friend that moved from their apartment uh, down on the Plymouth waterfront. And she moved to New York City and she was looking for somebody. Now, it was a roommate situation. I don't know if that's something you were interested in, but it was, um, you know, a gorgeous place right on the water. I, I would have lived there, except uh, there's no way I could have uh, could have made that drive every morning myself. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. But it's all right. I mean, like I said, I'll just be doing a lot of driving back and forth. Um, and, uh, oh, so I didn't know there was a new quantum leap. Oh yeah, it's been on for a couple seasons now. It's uh, it's 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 okay. It's it's pretty interesting, but it's uh, I get upset about it because it doesn't follow the same rules of Quantum Leap as as the first series did. So I'm like, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Why can I see the hologram's hair moving in the wind? <laughs> oh my stars! You know that was one of my favorite shows. I loved that show. Oh, that's too bad. Hey, so why aren't they putting out the coyote? movie why are they stopping that I, I don't know it's a whole big mess where there's you know more i guess there's more money to be made in not releasing it because i, I guess they just realized it's not it's not a very good movie and that it's oh. not going to bring in any revenue so but they did it they can claim these tax you know these mm-hmm. uh these taxes on it and they can actually make more money by not releasing and, and tracking it up as a loss but from people i know people who have seen it who well, I don't know them, but I've re- I've read articles from people who have seen it, and they say you know you're not missing much, but part of it is the the movie itself is kind of a, a bit of a scathing take on how the movie industry works. So there's a lot of like tongue in cheek in jokes about about the studio system that maybe that's part mm-hmm. of the reason why. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, I, I guess I mean it's just very disappointing because uh, it's apparently it seems like he really put his heart and soul into it and thought it was something good. Well, it's based on an article that ran, I don't know if it was the New York Times or the New Yorker, I think it was, where they they wrote an article, the the writer wrote an article as if Wiley Coyote was suing Acme Products for all of the defective products that had sold him over the years. And so that's kind of the idea and the basis of this. So I was kind of interested in seeing that take because, you know, I was more of a Wiley Coyote fan than the Roadrunner. I, I can't stand the Roadrunner, but I love Wiley Coyote and I wanted him to get, get, get the yeah. win at least once. Oh, I love, uh, yeah, I, I just love that show. It's a great, uh, every kid should grow up watching that. They're missing out if they don't. But, okay, so I just wanted to update you. I appreciate and, um, it. Mary didn't call in. No, she's probably out walking. It's a nice day, so she's probably getting in some extra miles today. Oh, it looks so cold out there. But, all right, well, that's all. And I wanted to um, just say have a wonderful weekend. You as well. And you were on Fire All Week. Really great shows. Thank you very and much. Everybody out there, you all have a good weekend. All right. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. And uh, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. But I'm going to take a break right here. We'll be back in a few moments.
welcome back in. 508-996-0500. Not enough folks singing in falsetto anymore. Although, I know people who can't stand hearing people sing in falsetto. I'm not one of them. I, 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 I like it. So, 508-996-0500. That is a number to call in and get involved in the conversation. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking with Ben Burke of the Publix Radio in Rhode Island coming up in the next hour about his article on whether or not there really is gentrification happening in New Bedford. They took a look at the data to decide exactly whether or not this was the truth. It's a perception, certainly. People have been talking about it since the train became closer to becoming a reality. But whether or not the facts bear out that that is the case is still, you know, it still kind of remains to be seen. Now, granted, this data could change when the train actually does come in. But the idea is that people have been buying up properties in anticipation of it. And what, well, I'll let Ben get into what, what was found in this in this uh, report that was put together. But it seems like it's more of what you would expect to happen. There just isn't enough housing for the people that are looking for it. So we'll talk with Ben about that coming up after the 8 o'clock news. There's a, a weird story that WCVB has and other outlets, but a weird story that comes out of Drakeit, Massachusetts. A woman was found in the middle of the street in Drakeit on Monday night, just before 10.30 p.m. She was found down in the roadway with injuries, serious injuries, she was taken to a local hospital, and then her injuries were, were such that she was actually then taken to a Boston trauma center. But they don't have any idea what happened to this woman. The Drake police are actually reaching out to the public to say, does anybody know anything about this? The Drake police chief says, we're not sure if this person may have been struck by a vehicle or what, but the injuries were consistent with some significant levels of trauma. We don't want to make any assumptions. We'd rather have information coming in from the public to help us put those puzzle pieces together. And there are several homes and businesses in that area of Pleasant Street and Drakeit where the woman was found. But the police have not yet found any video that has proved to be helpful in this investigation. So they just found this woman suffering from severe physical trauma laying in the middle of the road and they have no idea what happened to her. I'm assuming that she doesn't, you know, that she's unconscious and they don't have the ability to ask her. But they're looking for any information that the public can provide. And you would think that in today's day and age, one of those businesses, one of those homes has a camera that would show what happened, but apparently that's not the case. So hopefully the woman regains consciousness and can can share what happened with the 
with the folks, with the police, and, 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 and they can get to the bottom of it, but it's like something out of a movie or a TV show. It's like an episode of True Detective, you know, where you don't know what happened. There's no, no way to determine what happened. 508-996-0500. Going to take my final break of this hour and be right back. And that'll do it for this hour. We're going to be going into the newsroom in just a few moments. We'll get the ABC news and then we'll have all the Your South Coast news with Phil Devitt in the WBSM newsroom. And on the other side of that, we will talk with Ben Burke of the Publix Radio in Rhode Island about his article regarding gentrification in New Bedford. Some very interesting stuff there you can read about and that we will talk about coming up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.